Wait, can you hear me now? Yes, I've got you. Oh my goodness, this technology, this technology. <laughs> well, is that, does that mean I go? Sorry, man. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, 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 go. Right, so this is Behind the Fragrance of Thomas Clifford, the very, very first uh, Instagram live edition, which we're also putting out as a podcast. Um, so if you're interested in why scent is so important and how men's clones are created, uh, this is, the, this is the podcast slash Instagram live channel for you. And this is, you know, clearly a uh, dangerous experiment for us. We were, we were convinced just... So the whole point of Behind the Fragrance is to, like, li- uh, you know, peer, peer behind the curtains. Sounds a bit voyeuristic, doesn't it? Anyway, uh, of, uh, of how we do things at Thomas Clipper. And just so you know, we were going to do this this morning at our regular stand-up, but we'd, we'd seen all the stats, which says everyone goes on Instagram live at 8 o'clock. That doesn't seem to be playing out right well, now. Well, we've got. I'm going to wave. I'm going to wave at everybody. Hello, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> but anyway, this will be. This will be. Uh, this will be very exciting for our very exclusive group of uh, group of loyal fans. Fans who are watching us now, and also it will be available as the podcast. That's right. That's right. So in past episodes in the series, we've we've talked about how we put together the brief for our new uh, fragrance Atlantic, which is available right now on Kickstarter at thomasclipper.com forward slash Atlantic. Um, but we've uh, also discussed, you know, what goes into selecting the final scent, why we choose to develop in grass in France. And we even let you know, uh, you know, sometimes when things go maybe not quite uh, to plan. Now, one week ago, we launched Atlantic on Kickstarter, the crowdfunding we- uh, website famous for helping us uh, bring new products to market and maybe a few other products too. Uh, and since then, uh, one week on, quite a lot has happened. It has, it has. Um, so today, what we're going to cover is sort of how the campaign is going and give you a bit of a bit of a look behind the curtain, as, as Tony said, about what's, what's going on behind the scenes. Um, also, what happens, you know, we're a, week now, we're, we're a week now away from the end of the campaign, so what happens as we sort of come to that, that last little bit? And then we've also had some questions um, from you guys uh, on the, on the uh, campaign, so uh, yeah, we're going to try and answer some of those, some of those questions as, as well. First things first, we would be uh, mad not to say this, uh, uh, that up until the 6th of May the Kickstarter is still in progress and we still need your support we've um, you know, very proudly uh, now over double our kind of original target uh, but obviously this only ever works if you know you help us and join in and support uh, so please do go to thomasclipper.com forward slash Atlantic to back the project or share the link on social media and it makes a huge difference and if you have done already thank you so so much um, notwithstanding uh, lots of development so uh, let's kick off with a quick update so every Kickstarter has a goal Uh, And below that amount, uh, effectively the cost of making the product, the indirect cost, there's a nice bit of business terminology there. Um, uh, Effectively, if you you hire, then you make money from the campaign, or at least you allow additional monies to be put to reinvest. And anything less than your goal, and you effectively lose money. Uh, And all of our indirect costs, including like a safety certification, cutter guides for packaging, shipping, all the exciting stuff. Uh, And the final number for us for our goal was £2,620. Pounds. Um, and it, a Kickstarter is like all or nothing. So if you either hit your goal and surpass it, then happy days. But if you don't, then you're a miserable, miserable failure. <laughs> and if anyone who's joined who has had an unsuccessful Kickstarter before, then we're very sorry. That was very rude. 
But actually, you're, you're in the majority. It's something like 60%, right, of, of Kickstarters do fail. Yeah, so the exciting news for us is that uh, we haven't. And actually, after seven hours, we hit that goal that, that Tony was talking about, um, which, uh, which was super exciting. So really, really pleasant surprise. And thank you to everybody um, who backed, backed the project so far. Now that we've hit our goal, it doesn't mean the project's over. In fact, we've already... We've already um, doubled it but what it does mean is that we've got some quite exciting news about the production so basically because we hit our goal in the first day which is two weeks before the end of the campaign we'd initially said that we would hope to have the stuff in the mail you know or at least finish production by the beginning of June the reality is we were able to pull that um, delivery schedule forward a couple of weeks because you know we already we already knew we were getting it made so we just uh, pressed go uh, so it, we, we're not sort of putting this uh, on the onto the rewards, you can't change the rewards when they happen. But it means that actually we would be, we think it's very likely we're going to be shipping uh, towards the end of May, so about a month from now. So Tony, how has this been different for you? How what were you expecting, and, and how has it been been better, worse, or exactly the same? I have found it, um, in all honesty, quite slick. Uh, I mean, uh, well, this is just like pang on the back, right? You know, we've, we have done this quite a few times before, and I think we do know what works. A actually, out of interest, can I share a near miss that we had? Uh, in that we were thinking about launching this around Christmas time, weren't we? We were, and we will never know what the counterfactual would have been. Yeah, yes, we will. It would have been. A, it would have been a nightmare. It would have been absolutely. We, you know, it would be interesting. And for anyone, anyone listening live, and um, and also when we put this out as a podcast, send us a comment. But how many of you are buying this as a gift? Because that's your that's your sort of contention, Tony. Is that people wouldn't have bought it at Christmas because it wouldn't have arrived in time for Christmas? We're thinking like a December launch for a January delivery. Nobody would have bought it. But I, I think that a lot of the people that are that are backing the campaign are our customers and our and people that people that are buying for themselves and not for uh, uh, this one's all for me stepping slower so so this is a one of one of one data set 100% of people agree with me Tony. I mean I think we can stop the stop the count yeah but we uh, will we'll, we'll see we'll see but please do let us know genuinely what who do you buy for but I mean broadly speaking uh, we reckon like roughly half of people buy things for others of Thomas Clipper stuff and then and then the rest is self-gifting. Um, but um, anyway, so we were worried about Christmas, but because we did it now and you know, we've done it before, it's been pretty slick. The thing that has been different is um, uh, what well, Matt in particular has been uh, wonderful. Well, Matt and Stu at um, really upping our social media game. And, uh, and this thing didn't exist, right? And in fact, us, uh, I think we did do a podcast first time round, but... Um, but like us being a lot more live and a lot more present um, is is kind of I don't know it's kind of interesting and and I suppose uh, particularly because of the last year obviously so much of our interactions have been exclusively virtual it doesn't feel yep. it feels like a nice healthy continuation. So so what 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 have been your reflections, Matt? How does how does this let's say in fact and if we just run through so the first one uh, was the uh, the mark. One mm -hmm. uh, raises so so the, the Kickstarter's second ever double-edged uh, razor shaving set for men, uh, narrowly beaten by another company who we like lots called Rockwell Razors, who did very very well back in the heady days of 2014 when like wow. and yeah so that was the very first one. Goodness, that went well. What did what did we get in the end? I think about 15 grand on that one, 
Um, and then we hit about 30 on the next one, which was the, uh, which was the Heritage shaving set. And those numbers are super exciting and, and uh, higher than we, we expect to make on this one, but they sort of disguise um, a reality behind those first two campaigns, which is that uh, they lost us money. Like, we, we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> Well, they did. Um, they lost us money. They gained us lots of exciting, exciting customers, and many of whom are still customers now. But they, um, they were run in a way that was more kind of just like let's throw something out there. Let's see what it. Let's see. Let's see how see how it goes. Which was super fun and quite stressful. And like Tony, what you were saying about how it, it seems more sort of slick now, I think part of that is also because our expectations are, are completely different. Our expectations now are we'd like to give people the feeling of being part of something happening. So that's really important. Like they're not just on their own; they're, they're part of something happening because they are. Because they, people are people are doing this all together. Um, and we'd like to make sure that people get like a really nice deal on something that's that's really made really really well but then also we we need to be able to build a sustainable business out of it and and that's what that's i think what changed probably around kickstarter 3 when we launched our um, wash bags it was yeah they are incredibly expensive to make because we sort of we sort of went along the i think i i guess kickstarter 3 was a kind of we're gonna make everything incredibly small um, quantities and incredibly artisanal and we still do make in tiny batches but but like we're talking one bloke in a in a workshop in in Florence Kickstarter four um, and five we we managed to sort of hit a, a sort of five is this one we managed to have a product that was still super super high quality but that was scalable so that we could actually Offer it at a at a, at a uh, price that was people were excited by, and making sure it's a really great quality product, but also not like go bankrupt. So that's, that was the that's the big change. Uh, but one of the great things about the Kickstarter was that you know you'd fly out, we'd go to the workshop, we'd do a video together, we'd do our talking yeah. heads, we'd get to spend a bit of time together. I, I think it's been amazing how I haven't missed doing any of that with you. No, I feel I, I do miss that. I do miss that. I, re I really miss that. I think that's that's one of the. I mean, obviously that's a reflection of what's going on uh, in the in the wider world as well. But um, uh, that has felt a little bit lacking. Um, but hey, you know, we'll hope, hope, hopefully we'll, we'll get. We'll but get you know what's going to be what's going to be interesting? Yeah, no, I completely agree. It's been it would be really nice to get back out to grass, um, you know, get get to the south of France and and um, and you know actually meet the perfume team in person for the first time in in uh, forever. Um, but what has been interesting is that we've been forced to do it on an incredibly small budget. And then we also did something slightly unusual this time because we didn't advertise. Normally, normally Kickstarters are, um, uh, you basically have to send people to the platform. It's very unusual for the platform to give you many backers. You know, Kickstarter doesn't send many people your way. It's more just a way to like get the people that you already have excited about something um, and give them an easy way to kind of pre-order or, or back, the, back the product. Um, which means that you've got, you've got to advertise, you've got to get to them on Facebook and you've got to get to them on Google and, and, and uh, let them know that something's happening. And we haven't done any advertising, any paid advertising this time. Um, 
And yet, we're already ahead of the um, previous Kickstarter campaign in terms of um, pledges and average pledge amount. And I think that's probably because, um, well, Tony, why do you think that is? What, what do you think the reason is that this is doing better, even though we're not we're not paying paying Zuck for it? You're paying the Zuck. Um, I'd, well, look, I mean, hopefully some people are uh, watching who this may speak truth to, but I, th- I think we're, we're a lot better connected with our, you know, quote-unquote community or customers or the people who care about Thomas Clipper stuff than ever before. And so as a result, um, you know, when we, we, we've been able to trail that this is happening, we've been, hopefully people have got excited, like we've been excited. And so when it dropped and we told people... Um, you know, it took seven hours to get funded, which in the first time round, when you know no, nobody knew us, uh, it took several sweaty, long, nerve-wracking weeks. Um, oh I, my I god! That's, yeah, yeah, that's, that feels quite different. Kickstarter one. I mean, it might be worth zooming back to that for a minute because I can remember that day sort of so this is a two week campaign we've done it as a really really short and sweet campaign um, the idea being that we didn't think we'd be funded after seven hours which is, which is obviously good news um, but had it, been, had it been longer and we'd only got funded right at the end we'd have been really pushing it to produce and deliver uh, in time for Father's Day as it stands we're going to you know, completely smash it we're going to be a month early but, but um, we didn't know that and so we wanted to make it a short, a short campaign but the first campaign we did was a month long and that's quite a common, common length of time for a Kickstarter campaign and I remember was it, I, thought it was t- I thought it was 60 days I thought it was like crazy time no no man it was, it was a month long because about day like 20 or something we just, we just looked like we were going to completely uh, fail. We we had we had yeah. something like I think our goal was twelve grand. I think we got fifteen grand mm-hmm. more or less. Um, and I think we were on. We were just sat at eight, and we'd been sat at eight for like a week, and there hadn't been a single pledge. And we didn't know what to do, and and we're freaking out. And then uh, Nick Carvel wrote an article for GQ um, that came out. And completely turned the campaign around. We got funded in like three days. I was I was in Paris. We were, we were on holiday in Paris, kind of after having not given up, but a bit like resigned resigned ourselves to the fact that it wasn't happening. And suddenly, as we're la- you know, as we're landing on the tarmac, and you, 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 when you turn on your phone, you get all the messages. It's just like you know, X person is backed, Y person is backed, Z person is back. We're like so close to the goal. So that was super exciting. Um, this one though has not been like that at all. It's been it's been super exciting in how quickly it's been successful and far, far less stressful. So we can focus on things like getting the production sorted instead of just biting our nails and freaking out. But I mean, the one, one thing I just will say, we, we had the great privilege of uh, some of this with Mountain, uh, with, with Rob Lowe, the uh, brilliant uh, oh, artist, yeah. uh, not actor. Although you know, if if Rob Lowe, the actor, also wants to collaborate, we we you know we can talk. Um, but it's just such a joy working with uh, well, we, you know, with, with 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 people like Rob, and currently now we've got Rob Turbin, this Northern boy. He's just absolutely brilliant, and um, uh, and his illustrations just bring Atlantic to life. And and actually, that side of the project has been. Um, it's just amazing seeing like such supremely talented people at the top of their game like just add something 
entirely like new and different and better to, to something that we've obviously put a lot of time and effort to, but it just it just brings it to life so uh, much yeah, more. Man. Um, so. I mean, it was it was. I think I for one was slightly uh, nervous. So so you should absolutely follow at this northern boy on Instagram. By the way, he's he's really really brilliant. But if you do follow him, you'll see that his style is. You, you can see now that now that we've got Atlantic and now you can see the art you can see exactly where it's come from you can see the, the, the connection to his stuff but he also does a lot of stuff that's really sci-fi and that's really out there which is super cool but absolutely not you know not what we'd what we'd be looking for for Atlantic and so there was like a, a bit of nerves when we started working with Rob and this is Stu by the way Stu's Stu um, from WDC studio and our creative team half of our creative team um, is was the one who was, who was pushing pushing for Rob and he quite rightly so because once we once we decided right we're not only going to go with Rob but of the creative directions that he presented for Atlantic we're going to choose the most Rob of those creative directions the one that was most sort of this northern boy the minute we did that the result was just so great and it's got so much personality to it that we if we were micromanaging it we'd have ruined it we'd have we'd have it wouldn't we what if the angle was half a degree different yeah <laughs> But change your back, change your back, change your back. Have you considered um, less clouds, more clouds? No, uh, right. It's um, uh, we should cover just a few of the excellent FAQs that we've been uh, getting. Yeah, through. good idea. Good idea. Uh, so where? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about sh- 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 shipping. Buckle in, buckle in, everyone. We're talking. We're talking fulfillment and logistics. Oh, okay. Um, Get excited. Right. Let's do this quick then. So. <laughs> Cologne is made out of alcohol. Alcohol can catch on fire, and so you can't put it on a plane without being very, very careful. And being very, very careful costs a lot of money. So what it means is that shipping a single uh, Cologne bottle um, uh, internationally can cost yeah, between 50 and 100 quid just, for the, just to ship one, one Cologne bottle. The cost of shipping a single one is, is prohibitively expensive, but much of that is admin costs. So if you're able to ship loads of them, um, then you can then split it across across multiple multiple uh, customer orders. So what we're doing is we're shipping to North America, which is why you can get it in Canada and you can get it in the USA, and we're shipping to Italy, which is why you can get it in um, a few markets in Europe. But we have had people from markets that we aren't shipping it to, uh, like, for example, smaller, smaller EU markets or markets outside the EU but still in Europe, and people from places like Australia and stuff like that who've sent us messages saying, why can't you ship here? Well, that's the reason. It's because unless we're shipping a sufficient number into a country, the cost is just completely um, prohibitive. So that's why um, I'm, I'm sorry, about, sorry about that. If you were hoping to get it shipped to your, um, to your sauna in Norway, you can't. And so we've got one, one final question, Matt, which is, as a, comp- was this, as a company that's been featured as a one of GQ's best men's fragrances in 2017, 18, 19, 20, and 21. How are you so ruddy good? Yeah, so that's not the question, Taz. The next question is, can you Great still question. back the project after it's funded? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, 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 that's what I thought. My, my reading is not so good. You certainly can. You certainly can. So you can back it until uh, we stop uh, accepting backers, which will be on the 6th of May. Um, and uh, and one of the reasons to back now, just to be super clear, to Kickstarter, it's an opportunity to be one of the very, very first, literally the first people to get your hands on Atlantic and 
to be honest, it really supports us because it's in the early development phase, and hopefully it's good for you because it's uh, what's 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 a word that what's a fantastic? Phrase? It's fantastic and, and absolutely, and the, and the higher um, you know, the more funded we are, the better it is for the campaign, better it is for the you know for promotion, and uh, and hopefully the more exciting it is for everyone as well. And, and it's, it's like anything else, if you, if you share it on social and, and lots of people go onto the page, then Kickstarter runs on an algorithm where they, where they know how many people are on the page. And if lots of people are there, they send more people there. Um, so, yeah, your, your, your impact is bigger than just you sharing it or just you going on the page. It's, it's um, what's the right word? It's bigified, bigified. by, um, That's good. by, uh, by other people. So I, th- I think we've, co- we've, co- we've covered all the big things. We've covered logistics, international shipping, bigification. Bigification. Uh, yeah, great. Oh, I don't think we should leave it there. Has anybody got any questions that's watching? Does, is there anything burning and pressing? It, whatever you ask, Tony has to answer it, honestly. It's a condition. That's terrifying. So why does, here's the question. Here's the question for you. The question, the burning question that the people want to know. Yeah. And I count myself yeah. as one uh, of the people. Why does Tony look like he's in a Swedish chalet? It's cosy. It's cosy, you know. It makes me feel akin to my natural Swedish brethren. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, well, it's, on that Nordic note, we should finish. On that Nordic note, we really... Oh, very good, very good, very good. <laughs> it's, been, it's been great hearing from you all. Thanks so much for your comments. Uh, this is going to turn into a podcast. I don't know how I'm going to edit it. This is not going to go out at nine o'clock like the normal ones, unfortunately. Thanks so much for, uh, for watching and listening. And until next time, I've been Tony. I've been Matt. Uh, this has been Behind the Fragrance. Bye, bye, bye.